unregulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I am glad you're with us on the program today. We're going to be talking with Stephen Gutowski of the Reload here in just a matter of moments. Big news out of the ATF, where acting ATF Director Marvin Richardson has apparently been demoted. Yeah, this was a guy who was getting ready to retire, but rather than let him just, you know, fade away, the Biden administration, uh, I believe at the behest of the gun control lobby, wanted to make an example of Marvin Richardson for apparently being too cozy with the firearms industry, not viewing the firearms industry as his existential foe, but actually, you know, trying to work with the industry. Uh, I think this is another move that shows that the Biden administration is trying to turn the ATF into a gun control organization with law enforcement powers. But uh, let's find out what Stephen Gutowski has to say about this. Uh, the founder of The Reload joining us to talk about the demotion of Marvin Richardson, as well as the nomination of uh, gun control advocate Steve Dettelbach to become the permanent director of the ATF. Take a look and a listen. Stephen Gutowski, it is good to see you, sir. Thanks so much for coming on the program today. Hey, thanks for having me. You bet. Apologies in advance, by the way, if you hear a rooster in the background. I don't have a studio audience, but uh, Mr. Crow, our rooster, is like perched right outside my window. So you may get uh, some comments from the peanut gallery over the course of this conversation. But but let's start with uh, I mean, this. This is big news, Stephen. Marvin Richardson, the acting director of the ATF, who is was on his way to retirement, right, in just a matter of months, demoted on his way out the door. What's going on? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that's the, the big question of why, why did they do this? But it uh, certainly seems internally that the, the, the guess is uh, because they got a lot of pressure from uh, gun control groups to uh, put someone else in, even in the interim period where Biden is trying to confirm a, a permanent director. So, uh, you know, it seems like there was some very big backlash. Uh, and you saw this in uh, the New York Times article a few weeks back that was basically a sort of hit piece on on Richardson. And now you're seeing, the, I think, what are the fruits of that? You know, it's interesting because, I mean, you're right. You refer back to that New York Times piece and it was, uh, you know, very critical of Richardson. But the criticisms that that they found, it's not like they found, you know, Marvin Richardson is uh, you know you're getting secret kickbacks from the gun industry. It seemed like. The big issue that the gun control lobby has with Marvin Richardson is that he's working with the industry as opposed to viewing the industry as the ATF's existential enemy. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Um, Richardson was criticized in that New York Times piece for for basically attending the, the, the SHOT Show, which is the industry's trade show for anybody who doesn't know. And uh, the weird thing about that is the ATF attends that show every year. It wasn't some new initiative under Marvin Richardson. Mm -hmm. uh, and there were complaints that he uh, gave uh, the deadline for the ghost gun rule, uh, ghost gun kit ban uh, being in June, because that's that's when it was originally uh, posted in the registrar. It got moved up to April, obviously. But but uh, those were the two like specific complaints about why um People in, in the gun control movement were upset with him, uh, but there obviously there was a, a much more overarching complaint about the agency's stance towards the industry, which clearly um, uh, they want a, a much more adversarial approach rather than a cooperative approach 
which the agency has been, you know, pursuing for most of its its history. So uh, the, the other weird thing about that to me, though, is always like, you know, the ATF under Richardson has been doing the aggressive uh, things that the Biden administration has wanted. They, they, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not as though any of the rules that he's proposed have been uh, blocked or, or, or taken back, you know, taken back or, uh, you know, that, that there's been more leeway given to FFLs and gun dealers during his time there. So it's, it's always kind of fascinated me as to why they're so adamant about going after Richardson. But I mean, here clearly they are because they are. Yeah, clearly they are, and you're right. I mean, we've seen uh, this, you know, renewed push to go after rogue gun dealers, which basically means you know ATF inspectors going in if there are paperwork violations, paperwork errors, trying to shut these uh, gun stores down. And you're right, that's been happening under Richardson. But I, I, you know, I have said over the past, I don't know, few months, I guess that. I think what the gun control lobby really is hoping to do is to turn the agency to weaponize it uh, into basically a gun control group with law enforcement powers. And, you know, none of what I've seen from Biden over the past couple of weeks has made me change my mind. In fact, it's just sort of solidified that point of view, because, as you say, here's a guy who look, they could have let if, 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 if the Biden administration was not happy with Marvin Richardson, they could have let him quietly retire, given him a cake, you know, gently pushed him out the door uh, while trying to, you know, rally support for Steve Dettelbach, uh, the the nominee, the permanent director nominee that uh, Biden presented, uh, what, a week or so ago. That's not what's happening. And that is what's unusual about this here. This is the Biden administration bending over backwards, it seems, to appease the, the gun control lobby, knowing that they can't get gun control through Congress. So now they're going to do everything they can, including, you know, pushing a career bureaucrat out the door, demoting him first uh, in order to appease the David Hoggs uh, of the world. Yeah, or I think even more specifically, the the David Chipmans of the world, because he's been one of the most vocal people in uh, this campaign to criticize the ATF ever since his nomination failed. Um, and so it really seems, I mean, if you read that New York times article, you can really see his fingerprints all over it. Mm -hmm. uh, There's even comments in there about how, uh, Richardson was at Waco, which, which was a sore point for, for Chipman, uh, during his nomination that he felt he was unfairly criticized, uh, for, and, uh, and, and so apparently diverted that same, um, criticism to, to Richardson when nobody else had thought that that was an issue. So it's, it's, it's interesting to see um, how much uh, influence Chipman still has with the administration, even while he's out there really continually attacking them in public. Uh, it's, it's been pretty fascinating, but I mean, that's been true of the, the gun control groups influence uh, generally when it, when it comes to this administration, because, uh, you know, they put up another ATF nominee and, and they moved up the ghost gun kit ban when uh, they didn't have to do those things. They did not, in fact, have to do those things, as Steve Gutowski mentioned. But again, I believe that this is a sign that uh, Joe Biden's anti-gun activism comes naturally to him. This is really something that uh, the president wants to do. Yes, he needs to have an energized base of Democratic voters come November 
And gun control is one of those uh, ways that he's hoping to, you know, uh, gin up support uh, among Democrats. But I, I also think that this is an issue that is near and dear to Joe Biden's heart, restricting the rights of uh, the, the people to keep and bear arms, to criminalize our Second Amendment rights, and again, to weaponize the ATF, turning it into what amounts to a gun control group with law enforcement powers. Uh, the fact that they are uh, demoting Marvin Richardson on his way out the door, again, is it is truly surprising, and it is a sign, I think, of the seriousness uh, that uh, the Biden administration is taking uh, it's an anti-gun agenda and and the links to which it will go to try to enact that agenda, even though there is not the support necessary uh, to pass Joe Biden's gun ban and uh, other uh, anti-gun uh, uh, items in Congress. So we are going to continue to take a look at this. Now, I did ask uh, Stephen Katowski off air what he thought uh, Richardson's demotion might mean for the nomination of Steve Dettelbach, and he thinks that it very well could. Uh, actually have an impact. Uh, Angus King, senator from Maine, allegedly one of the names on his shortlist, you know, he objected to David Chipman's nomination, but one of the names on his shortlist, supposedly, of acceptable candidates was Marvin Richardson. And now Richardson, again, has not just been allowed to quietly retire. He is being very publicly demoted on his way out the door. And that could very well have an impact on uh, senators like Angus King and uh, Joe Manchin. I think it's going to have more of an impact if gun owners in those states are in close contact with their senators, urging them to oppose the nomination of yet another anti-gun activist as the uh, head of the ATF. But we will keep our eyes on any new developments uh, in this developing and breaking situation there with uh, Marvin Richardson, again, acting ATF director, demoted by the Biden administration on his way out the door, apparently at the behest of the gun control lobby. All right, turning our attention now to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there with a story out of Chicago, where the website CWB Chicago reports on a four-time felon who opened fire, allegedly, on a carload of victims while out on bond for a felony gun case. Now, the good news here is that this suspect is currently being held without bond for now, the bad news is, is that it took an awful lot for that to happen. Hector Rivera, according to CWB Chicago, the 15th individual in Chicago charged with killing or shooting or trying to shoot or kill someone in the city this year while awaiting trial for other felony charges. In this case, there was a shooting back on April the 6th. There were five friends. Three of them had just gotten off of work from McDonald's. They uh, drove to a liquor store around 1045 in the morning. When one of them stepped out of the car to go inside, two gunmen started shooting at him and the occupants of the car. The car's driver sped away and then took him to a hospital because several of the passengers had been hit. Detectives were able to uh, review surveillance footage. They identified Rivera from his tattoos. Uh, several officers also identified Rivera by name based on previous contacts. Rivera was uh, taken into custody on Monday. Previous felony convictions include a burglary in 2011, manufactured delivery of a controlled substance and unlawful use of a weapon in 2013, manufactured delivery of a controlled substance and unlawful use of a weapon by a felon in 2015, as well as fleeing and eluding police in 2017. He also has another unlawful use of a weapon by a felon case pending in Cook County. Paid a $5,000 bond to get out of jail on that particular case. But here you have somebody who is, again, a convicted felon. 
in possession of a firearm in 2015 and by 2017 was already back on the streets and had already been charged with another crime. Now, if Rivera had been taken to federal court and had received the maximum sentence possible, Rivera would likely still be in prison today. He would not be standing accused of these violent crimes, but because of Chicago's soft on-crime policy, yes, even violent felons can get a slap on the wrist and quickly be returned to the streets. Now, today's Armed Citizen story, an update for you on uh, Monday's story out of uh, Philadelphia, where a 25-year-old shot and killed one of two home invaders who had posed as police. Police now have said officially that the man who acted in self-defense will not be facing criminal charges because... Well, he didn't commit a crime. He was a legal gun owner. He was licensed to carry his firearm. He was where he had every right to be. He was walking into the into his house when these two strangers accosted him. One of them had a badge around his neck, like a federal agent badge. They shoved him inside his home. They began to zip tie him after threatening to kill him. That's when he was able to reach into his pocket, pull out his handgun, and fired multiple shots at his attackers. He killed one of them. Second suspect on the run. Authorities say that the second suspect may have also fired a shot or two before he left the house. But again, thankfully, the uh, 25-year-old cleared of all potential charges. And uh, hopefully, we'll have news about an arrest of that second suspect here in the not-too-distant future. Finally today, our good deed of the day in the right place at the right time. Willing and able to do the right thing in Mesa, Arizona, a police lieutenant, as well as a uh, resident of an apartment complex, helped save a man from an apartment fire who was uh, unable to get out of that apartment on his own. A scary, intense moment, not only for that disabled individual, but for about 20 other residents of that apartment complex who were forced to flee. Mesa Police Lieutenant Brian Soler just happened to be driving down the road in Mesa when he saw that building on fire, so he immediately stopped his car, got out, ran over, could see at least one resident inside, smokes filling up the uh, interior of that apartment, Solar ultimately had to break a glass window and then try to clear as much of the broken glass out of that window frame as possible before he could try to get that disabled individual out. Unfortunately, Solar was struggling to do it on his own, and his partner was assisting other people getting out of that complex. So Solar says a neighbor, a guy in an orange shirt, just showed up sort of out of nowhere. And Solar said, listen, this is our one chance. If we don't pull this guy out, we're going to watch him die in front of us. Are you ready? And they were able to extricate the man to safety. He did have some cuts on his arm from broken glass, but uh, he was treated, released. No serious injuries reported to any of the residents of that apartment complex. So, again, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing to save the life of another. Lieutenant Brian Soler and that anonymous Good Samaritan there in Mesa, Arizona, we thank you for your very good deeds. Now, listen, that is about all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms, Cam & Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program, as always. Don't forget to check out BarionArms.com, the website, throughout the day for even more of the latest Second Amendment information that you need to know about, including a 420 lawsuit filed by Florida's Democratic Ag Commissioner against the Biden administration challenging the ban on legal gun sales for medical marijuana users. Yeah, we've got that story and more. If you like what you see, by the way, you can always become a VIP subscriber. Just go to BarionArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS. You'll get a significant savings on your VIP membership. As our way of saying thanks for showing your support for the independent pro Second Amendment journalism we do at Bearing Arms. We're going to give you exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. News stories, analysis, stuff that you need to know. It's our way of saying thanks for your support because it does matter. And it really does make a difference. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, be well. Be safe. And most importantly, 
be free.